my wife and I literally to this day talk about how we picked up a different girl than we dropped off. And it's not that it was life-changing personality difference, but there was just a confidence about her, an empowerment that she walked out of the dorms with that we just didn't have when she walked in. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. Over the summer, the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, also known as AER, hired a new executive director, Lee Sonnenberg. We're excited to talk to him about transitioning into this important role and to also share the work he has been doing with TSBBI for many years. After we hear from Lee, stick around for Texas AER updates. I'm Lee Sonnenberg, the new executive director for AER. How I got into the field of blindness. Um, Our youngest daughter is visually impaired. Right after she was born, the doctors kind of put all the pieces together that she and her siblings and my wife all have a genetic condition that is similar to Axenfeld-Rieger syndrome. And that had manifested primarily as congenital glaucoma. We have some hearing issues and some orthopedic issues in the family as well. And so her visual impairment is caused by the progression of the disease and then some surgical complications when she was an infant. When she was preschool, my wife's a teacher, so we kind of just did our own accommodations at home and made life work for her. And then, you know, of course, when she hit kindergarten, we entered the world of special ed and IEPs and art meetings. And we just kind of plugged along in our home district until she was in late elementary school and came to a summer camp at TSVVI. So that's how we got involved in the blind world. So she hadn't had any vision services until she came here for summer programs? She did in our public school. Okay. Kindergarten okay. through, we just had a TBI that gotcha. um, originally was an itinerant that served about four school districts. Okay. But by the time she got into second grade, um, the number of students in our district had grown to such, or number of students with visual impairment in our district had grown to such that the school actually hired a full-time TBI. Oh, Wow. Now, um, before uh, she was diagnosed, did you know any other kids with a visual impairment or know of anyone? No, we didn't. And it really wasn't until she came to TSBVI and then was introduced to some programs that DARS Mm -hmm. had, uh, DBS, Division of Blind Services, had that she actually met kids that had visual impairment. So for probably up until she's eight or nine. She was the only one that she knew with a visual impairment. And so you guys didn't know any parents of kids with visual impairments? No, we didn't. We just kind of figured it out on our own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I always say that about my son. I'm like, he was the first blind person I ever met, which is kind of a weird thing as a parent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, before we're going to talk about AER today, but before we get into that, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your work with TSBVI so we can be fully disclosed here? Um, well, my work with TSBVI began after she came to summer camp. My wife and I literally, to this day, talk about how we picked up a different girl than we dropped off. And it's not that it was life-changing personality difference, but there was just a confidence about her, an empowerment that she walked out of the dorms with that we just didn't have when she walked in. And we were just so amazed that I, I called back and um, I think I talked to the volunteer coordinator for probably an hour that next week, just you know, thanking them for you know what they had done for my, for her. And um, 
the impact that had on her life. Well, by the time I ended up that conversation, uh, the volunteer coordinator had uh, convinced me to uh, submit an application to be on the board of trustees as a parent, one of the parent, volu- uh, parent members. And so I began that process, which took a full year. And so in 2013, I was appointed to the board um, as one of the three parent members. And um, I'm in my current second term appointment and currently actually my second term is board president and it's love the school i'm just so excited to be involved with the school and just to see the impact that it has on kids not only here on campus but across the state how long have you been on the board now 10 years almost 10 almost years? 10 years wow yeah and you only get to do two more right that's all that they'll allow i rotate off in january of 25 Okay. Okay, good. We got some time. A little little over two years. (laughs) All right. So this summer you became the new executive director of AER. Um, Tell us why you wanted to throw your hat in the ring for that job. What it is, is the impact that the professionals that have worked with my daughter, the, the impact they have had on her life has just been life changing. And, you know, it's the ones we had back home, the you know those that she had here at TSB that we as a family still are connected with and, and you know and and have friendships with made such a positive impact that it, one of the reasons why I wanted to serve at TSB on the board was to give back to the school for the impact they had in her life and that really has just been my focus you know I, I work with some other nonprofits and you know again it's just being able to give back to that community that's you know made an impact on my family's life. And I've wanted to work in this field. I even started a certification program um, to be a TVI. Um, had to take a break from that, just family issues. But, you know, I just never could really find the perfect job uh, where I could be in the field working. You know, I was, with the medical situation that our family had, it, my wife has always been, a you know, she was always the, the primary you know, caregiver for the family. I was the primary income earner. And um, so I just never really had that opportunity to go back to school or to, to do whatever it would take to become a, you know, a VI professional. And I just volunteer so much of my time. Um, last fall, my wife was joking. She goes, you really need to be paid for your volunteer hours. <laughs> and I just choked. I said, that would be awesome. I just haven't found that ideal job yet. And I was um, in an avid Zoom meeting, and Neva Fairchild mentioned this job, and just like a little aha moment. I was like, that would be amazing, working with such a great group of professionals, but being able to use the skills that I have as an administrator that, you know, 20 years in higher ed and municipal government, and it's I, it just seemed the perfect fit to me. So I threw my hat in the ring, and surprise. And here you are. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Well, I know this summer when we were at the AER conference and uh, a lot of people have been asking, who is this guy? Like, he just comes in out of nowhere and then becomes the executive director of AER. And then you spoke very briefly at the first um, the first time everybody was together at the conference and you just talked about your story and what, how you wanted to give back to the profession. And it was like the whole room was just looking at you like, Oh, <laughs> and you got a little emotional, which, you know, is great. It's fine. And uh, everybody was just, I could tell people were touched. And there was like this understanding of like, okay, now this totally makes sense. So it's a great way for you to give back. It's a lot of work for you, but we're glad you're doing it. 
it is a lot of work, but I am having so much fun. Of course. (laughs) Well, speaking of having fun, what has been your favorite aspect of leading AER? Really, it's been just meeting all of the professionals and the folks that are in leadership in the organization across the country um, and just learning about unique personality styles and not only you know just those professions but you have states that have you know, very unique ways of how they operate and how their VI community works together and you know who is the the leading force in some particular areas whether it's a you know an organization or it's a specific group of professionals it's been just really um, a great experience just to learn all that mm-hmm yeah, I love the people. Like yes. it, the when I was the president of an AER chapter uh, in Washington State, like one of my favorite things was then I got to know every single professional in Washington State because it's your only it's your go to organization. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a member. So that's a great thing about it. All right. So this summer's conference, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences this spring, not a lot, but a few. And it felt like people were trying to get their legs under them. But in St. Louis, the content was just so good. You guys pulled off a really, a really great event. Do you have any takeaways from St. Louis or ideas for what you might want to do for the next conference? I joke that I have a, a list going of just you know, <laughs> things that I, I wanted to approve on uh, for our next conference. And a lot of it is just prov- providing opportunity for folks to um, just get together and have time to chat. And whether it's a collaboration or it's just catching up, just to be able to make those connections. Um, one of the things I've observed is that with students in our personnel prep program, that sometimes they're missing that opportunity to connect with, you know, mentor, much like TSB has with the Mentor Center. Um, Just different ways to provide opportunities for folks to just get together and share ideas. And, you know, the the next conference will be AER's 40th anniversary. So, you know, we could really have fun with that and um, have some great things uh, planned for the conference. Yeah. I've heard that called the unconference conference, like that when you have the time to chat with your colleagues and stuff, that's like the unconference part of it, which is where you usually get your best ideas mm-hmm. and um, really have that networking that you just don't have, especially like itinerant TVIs that often work in isolation. They yes. really don't have those opportunities. So that would be great. Oh, it's like it's going to be like party planning. <laughs> It almost is. Yes. The big gala and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize it would be its 40th anniversary either. Yes. That's crazy. Organization was formed in 1984. Okay. So this will be our 40th anniversary conference. Wow. Okay. Well, no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. So I know that you have an interest, of course, in increasing membership in AER. You know, the more people that are involved, the more robust the community and the culture. Do you have any ideas for that or your hopes for AER's future? I have been working with AER staff and our membership committee, just looking at ways that we can increase the value of an AER membership. And what does that actually look like? You know, what perks, benefits can we bring to a membership that really increases that value. You know, 
what can we facilitate? What connections are, you know, sometimes it's easy as a swag, piece of swag that you, you give somebody. But what else can we do to increase that value and improve the profession at the same time? So someone wants to join AER, but also knows when they join, they know the value that, hey, I have these connections. Um, I have this group of folks that I can call if I have a question or, you know, itinerant TBI, I've got an art meeting coming up and I'm really stuck on this one goal. You know, just providing that opportunity for the professionals to network. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure exactly what that's all going to look like. <laughs> um, and I don't want to really rush into too many things. You know, I'm not a professional and I put that in air quotes. I'm a parent. And so I bring a different perspective to the organization. And so I just want to make sure I'm very respectful of the history of AER and those that have, you know, spent their entire life in the organization and the profession to make sure that we continue it um, as an organization. Mm -hmm. I know you've been um, reaching out to all all the chapter presidents and uh, tell me about that a little bit. Has it been fun talking to those folks? It has been wonderful talking to folks and um, just learning of the different perspectives and just the different personalities of different parts of the country. Um, of course, hearing the accents, um, talked to a, a board member in Quebec, mm. Montreal, and, you know, learned I'd been saying that incorrectly for all these years. And it's just hearing the different ways that some folks deliver services and the trials they have and the successes and you know, who they work with, you know, whether it's the VA or, you know, it's a, a predominantly a state that most of the members are TVIs. So it has a very, the, the chapters all have very unique feels and identities. And, and it's been fun to learn and meet new people. And Have you found that most chapters have conferences or is it about 50-50 or do most of them do it? Most of them do have okay. conferences. Um, now, they're not all as big as Texas AER, you know, or the Northeast AER. Yeah. Those are two big ones. But they're ideal for the chapter. It's mm -hmm. usually just the right size, the right length um, for the chapter. It really fits their personality. It's mm -hmm. kind of funny. Um, oh, I'm sure you'll know a lot more about that after you go to some of these yes, state uh, ones. Yes. I'm very excited. I'm I've got several on the itinerary, um, Ohio and the Dakotas and um, – Alabama. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'll, I'll get to visit a lot of places I've never been to before. So That's great. Very cool. Well, I'm sure people will be excited to get to know you since here you are out of left field. <laughs> Very, yes. <laughs> I'm from Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So you've also been active with a nonprofit in Texas called All Blind Children of Texas. Yes. Can you tell us about that work and uh, the benefit for Texas students? I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. For yes. Sure. All Blind Children of Texas, another um, organization that's near and dear to my heart. I joined uh, the board of All Blind Children probably about two years after I came on the board at TSB. Um, I'd learned about the organization and was just really impressed with what they do. You know, we as an organization provide grant funding to TVIs and comms. Uh, for programming that is typically not covered by their LEA or for one reason or another, you know, out of budget parameters or odd timing of year, they've missed getting their POs, whatever it may be. Um, and it's just a great opportunity to um, raise money for a great cause and then invest in, you know, kids across the state, which has been, I, I love the stories, you know, the 
probably the first one that I voted on was for a group of students up in the Metroplex that their TVI wanted to take them all to painting with a twist and for pizza. <laughs> and so she was an itinerant uh, teacher and she worked for like four school districts in a co-op. And she brought all these kids who, you know, several of them were the only one in their campus that was a visual impairment. So all of a sudden she had 16 kids um, at painting with a twist and went out to eat pizza. And it's just a really amazing opportunity for these kids to get to meet someone who, you know, is just like them. And when they're the only ones at their school, um, but it also, it's just great to connect, but also to ease that burden on a teacher because, you know, we all know our public teachers pay for so many things mm-hmm. out of pocket um, that it's just one way to, to help out. And what's one of my lists for AER, my dreams, is there are several programs that I have found, you know, that Texas does that are also done in some other states that I would like to just create that framework at the national level that you know we could provide the state chapters something very similar to all blind children of texas not exactly this is how you do it but this is an idea that texas has done and this is how they did it so if you want to take it modify it for your state what works for your unique situation and then you can be providing those same services and or opportunities for folks do you know an infant or toddler in texas who may have a vision problem they may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. We can't talk about AER without mentioning Texas AER2. The current president is also our outreach director, Kate Borg. Kate's bringing us the latest. So Kate, tell us about what's happening with Texas AER this year. Our biggest thing for Texas AER is always our statewide conference. And we're so excited about it. These pieces are starting to come together. A couple of plugs that I wanna make is first of all, our call for submissions is open. Right now it is slated to close on October 31st. So I know that's before this episode will air, but we're feeling there's like a 98% chance that we're going to extend that deadline. So um, please take a look on the website at txaer.org and you can figure out how to submit for that. We always love to hear from our partners in the state. Um, We get such good presentations all the time. Now with that, I'm talking about the conference. So this year's theme is pathways and perspectives. Um, And we, uh, are excited to, to share as well that our one of our main events, our pre-conference sessions and a keynote speaker is actually the blind artist, John Bramblett. Um, he is a w- wonderful artist that creates these amazing murals. As far as I know, is actually the only blind muralist uh, that, is, that is currently working in the field. He's got... Um, exhibits in New York and in Dallas and it's just really neat he's really well known especially in Texas because he lives here in Texas so we're so excited to get to have him at the conference and as another plug when you register he designed our conference bags for this year so just kind of another incentive to think about coming to join us at Texas AER. So please make sure that you can join us for TAER on March 23rd through 25th in Denton, Texas. We're going to be up north this year. We'll be at the Embassy Suites 
again, in Denton, Texas, March 23rd through 25th. And you can find all of that information. Registration will also be posted fairly soon at txaer.org. But we're excited. We're excited to, to see all of you. We're excited, again, to get those conference submissions. Hit, hint, wink, wink. Um, and I think it's going to be a great conference. Membership organizations like AER continue to be my source of information and also reinvigoration when I feel the need for support from the field. If you're not already a member, I highly recommend you join at aerbvi.org. From the TSBVI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.